Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From the Apostrophe Podcast Network. Hey listeners, a quick heads up that today's episode has some sassy language in the form of a couple of F-bombs. They all come from unknown north. Talent driving a pride worth paying for. But just because they're above the 49th parallel, it doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate them just as well. So give it up for these canucks. Because our self-promotion sucks And if they all went away We sure wouldn't miss them The Canadian star system Oh, hello everyone And welcome back to the Canadian star system A podcast where we speak with some of Canada's most talented people And try to figure out what makes them so good And what makes Canada so bad At celebrating our own Each episode, our star not only shines, but also shines the spotlight on another Canadian talent who they think more of us should know a lot more about. With me, as always, is my producer, co-writer, and as my wife Nancy likes to call her, my comedy wife, Diana Francis. Good day, Diana. Well, hello, Steve. Let's do this. When was the last time you were alone in the woods? Oh, that's a heck of a segue. You know, Steve, I do love camping. I love getting out there, getting rugged. If everything can fit in the back of my car, kind of rugged. The last time I actually went camping, though, a friend bailed on me and I thought, this is fine. I love camping. I can car camp by myself. And everything was really fun right up until the point where you're in the tent by yourself. And then absolutely everything sounds like a bear. (laughs) Absolutely everything. Any kind of rustling in the bushes? Well, that's a bear. You know, somebody starting up a car. The bears have learned to drive. I was absolutely terrified. Bottle opening. You're like, oh, the bears are drinking. <laughs> bears are drinking. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get rowdy. That part, the bear party is going to be going on all night. <laughs> Not worse than a drunk bear. <laughs> I laid in that tent for hours, terrified. And um, it was awful. So I will never go camping by myself <laughs> what a, again. What a great endorsement. Thanks, Diana. And what about you, Steve? When was the last time you were alone in the woods? You have two small children and a dog and a wife. Oh, yeah. Once I go out there, I'm not coming back. If I uh, if I go alone in the woods, it's just uh, I have no skills, first of all, to stay alive. So it'll be three peaceful days. That will be the name of whatever the opposite of an autobiography is, because I'll be dead. It'll be on your tombstone. It will be if anyone finds me. Fortunately, our first guest today has been alone in the woods a lot and is very, very good at it. Fortunately, though, for us, he takes all of us with him. He is a celebrated survivalist with decades of experience in adventures. He's also a keynote speaker, filmmaker, musician, author, and multiple Canadian Screen Award winner. He may as well be John Travolta because he's so good at staying alive. 
But who needs John Travolta when you have the one and only Survivor man, Les Stroud? Hello. Yay! Thank you so much for joining us today. Where are you joining us from? You could be anywhere in the world. <laughs> yeah, somewhere really, really rugged, remote, and sexy. I'm actually in the town of Huntsville at my production coordinator's house because I have no Wi-Fi where I live. So here I am. <laughs> that is perfectly on brand. I'm going to try to not ask the same questions that everyone's asked. So I asked my six-year-old because we were watching <laughs> episodes of Survivor Man. And I said, what would you ask Mr. Survivor Man if you could ask him a question? Without hesitation, her question is, what insect tastes the best? <laughs> oh, grasshoppers. 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 Why is it? First, you have to pull the little bum out of them because of the other <laughs> you, don't, you don't want the the guts and the bottom. Oh, you're getting, you're getting fussy with your grasshoppers? <laughs> <laughs> Diana, you've got a plate of grasshoppers on its way to you now. <laughs> oh. As long as it's not bears, I'm fine. So grasshoppers is the best tasting. Yeah, right. So you tell your daughter that, uh, what's her name? What's her, her lovely Scarlet. Lovely? Her name is Scarlet. Scarlet. You tell Scarlet that grasshoppers are the tastiest insects, but you have to roast them. You got to pull the bums out and then you got to roast them. But if you put up like about six or eight on a uh, skewer, Oh, we're talking an afternoon. <laughs> oh, man. I was really hoping you would say something that I didn't think I could find, but I can probably oh, no. find grasshopper. Yeah, Dad. You can pull this one off, Dad. Oh, no. I was hoping you'd say it's it's in Brazil. There's no way you'll get to it. Uh, well, that's the first question answered. Well done. And thank you for the interview. So I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to keep it brief. If you could introduce the next guest. Thanks, Les. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you do in life, seems to be driven by being in touch with nature and, very kindly, bringing nature to others who might not be able to get there, who don't think that they <laughs> could survive out there, or, or who simply just don't have the appreciation and, and love for nature that you do. I've heard somewhere, and I wasn't able to verify this, but I heard, is there a London, Ontario connection? Did you, did you, did you spend time or were you from London, Ontario? So I'm from uh, Mimico, Ontario, which is Mimico. the west end of Toronto. Yeah. I yeah. up in Mimico. And in fact, for the longest time before the Blue Goose, one of the, the oldest tavern in Toronto was uh, closed just not too long ago, you could go in and had a wall of fame. And on that wall of fame for the longest time, there was only one photograph and it was a picture of Survivor Man. <laughs> Love and it. then some guy named, I don't know, Brendan Shanahan. He plays Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, Shandy. I was going to say, Brendan Shanahan. Shanny, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, what's it called? Hawk. Hawker, I believe it's Huke. I think it's Huke, the French plays, player. Yes, yeah. the French Canadian game Huke. So then, then his picture went up, and Dave Boland was the final. I don't know if Dave ever got on the wall, but in any event, yeah, Mimico, Ontario. But I did okay. when I was, uh, when I kind of focused in on music as a career, I went and I took music industry arts at Fanshawe College Fanshawe. in London, Ontario. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? I loved it. I loved being in London. The first winter I was there was the biggest snowstorm they had in ages. And the second winter was the lightest year they had for snow. It was just, it was beautiful. It was good. Good fun. It is called the Forest City. So I thought maybe that was where the, the love of there. nature came in. <laughs> but it's so, there's very little forest in London. For those who are going thinking, this is going to be a great forest adventure. Uh, you have been led astray by the city by the city. Name. When you're 21 uh, and a guy and you're going to college and the majority of population there is, consists of nurses, it's a good place to be. <laughs> that's, that's true. Because well, Western was there, right? Because it's a great university for the medical yeah. field in Canada. It's, it's world-renowned. But I was a rock and roller over at Fanshawe College, so. We're going to get into the into the music very soon, I promise. But we're going to move out. London, Ontario, you've had your time in this interview with Les. We have Survivor Man on, and I'm talking about London, Ontario. Let's make this interview about London, Ontario. No, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. It's my old hometown. I love it dearly, but not for this. How did you, and I don't want to ask again the questions that everyone has asked, but, you know, I've heard in some interviews that you did and that your love of nature kind of didn't necessarily come from being in nature, but reading about people's adventures and watching nature shows. And all of a sudden, it's circle of life. Now people are getting that ambition from you. What was the first time that you went out into the woods? How young, how young were you? You're right. You're on point for sure, because the true influence in my life didn't come from my parents, didn't come from friends, certainly not the neighborhood of Mimico. <laughs> and anything out there was out of reach and out of touch for a guy like me growing up in, in a place like that. But right. where it came from was television. You know, right. it was the 70s, and I watched a lot of TV as a kid, Jacques Cousteau and Tarzan movies. 
So that really instilled the whole love of adventure. I mean, through Jacques Cousteau, I wanted to be a photographer, filmmaker in the, in the wilderness, you know, and, and through Tarzan, I wanted to go out there and, and be challenged. And if you really think about it, Survivor Man is my own little hybrid of Jacques Cousteau and Tarzan in the end. <laughs> the more profound question of, you know, where's the love of nature come from? That's a tricky one. That's really hard because I can't not be passionate about nature. I can't not be in love with it in all of its forms, including right outside this window in a backyard. It doesn't have to be in Peru on the top of a mountain, right? So that has been, you, you touched on this earlier, that has been why my whole existence professionally really just hinges off of my passion for connecting to nature and wanting to get other people to connect to nature in, in a way that they can. So that's where it came from. It came from television. And then we did have a cottage in Bracebridge, Ontario. We did go to the cottage, but it wasn't until I was a little bit older. And there I did, unfortunately, I did live out a cliche. I did build little shelters and out in the back. I was just trying to get away from my mom. Uh, and that's where I would hide. It's like, you know, I can't hear you out here. Oh, did you call me for dinner? I couldn't hear you. That's the origin story of the tiny homes is it's just oh, there it trying is. to get away from mom. Oh, God, yeah, Diana. Yeah, exactly. If only you knew how triggering the word tiny homes is for Diana. She will literally just go anywhere with anyone that can build a tiny home and live out her days. She loves she loves the whole concept of it. Why? Why Diana? Why the time? Yeah. No, I gotta you can't go down oh. that rabbit hole and not and Yeah, yeah. Go go why ahead, Diana. Diana. There's something about the idea of just stripping down everything to the bare essentials of what you need. And ideally, you know, I I, I love old vintage trailers old motorhomes, that kind of thing. Like the idea of being able to travel and have everything that you need, having a, a place for everything, you know, just the tidiness of it. <laughs> I love it. Do you see counseling at all? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I work in comedy. Does that count? Well, it, it certainly sets you up for needing counseling. <laughs> it does set up for a minimalist life. That's for sure. If you don't think you need a lot of goods, comedy get, might be Get into you. comedy in Canada. You'll right. for sure not be able to afford much. <laughs> yeah, isn't that true? In the beginning, you know, uh, the, this, this snooty in-law type comment would be like, oh, well, now that you're a big celebrity. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Canadian celebrity. <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you know how to live without money. You don't even need a, a shelter. You can make your own. Well, that, you know, funnily enough, Stephen, that is where... I think the connection to the average person and the Survivor Man series, which I know you're, get, you're getting to, but where I think a lot of people had would watch the show and go, well, I wonder if I could do that. If I just right. had nothing left to survive with and I could be <laughs> out in the wilderness, I wonder if that could be me. And that was, right. and I'm jumping ahead of you, but that was part of the point of creating that series. Please jump ahead because you might assume that I'm going to ask questions that I didn't even think of. In the very first episode, though, of Survivor Man, I did go back to that for reference. I've watched... The entire series. I went back and watched the first one again. I didn't realize that on the first challenge you went out on, the pilot, you didn't even bring an axe with you to the boreal forest. Why? Right. Why? Why wouldn't you allow yourself to even bring an axe? Well, it really, it's set in motion. What would follow for the next 20 years of my creating, at least when it came to that particular series, and that was that, well, I didn't want to be a guru out there. I didn't want to be Da, da, da. you know, I'm the survival expert. I don't want to be any of that. I just wanted to be you. I want to be like, okay, I'm in a precarious situation and I'm unprepared. What do I do now? And so I would set scenarios. I mean, they got a little more kind of fun and elaborate as I went along. Like, okay, how about I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in a car that gets stuck in the snow in the mountains of Norway. That happens. <laughs> okay, let's do that. I certainly got, it, it kind of got more fun. But in the very beginning, it was like, well, I'm just, I'm alone in the wilderness. What do you do? And I, you got to remember though, that at that point, I'd been teaching survival for right. real for 15 years, studying, training. So I wasn't like a TV guy with an idea and then went out and did the idea. I was actually, the idea was already there. I was teaching, training, and survival. And I thought, I should film this. Tangent story, good Canadian tangent story. <laughs> the long story made short is that Jane Minge at Discovery Canada said when I pitched her cold call calling from my bed in my track pants, she said, we love it. We were looking at just, this was great. So God bless Jay Minga. She made this happen. But then later after the couple of pilot episodes for At Discovery Canada, it was called The Science Show. They did so well. And there I am sitting. Here we go. You ready? This is a yes. great Canadian yes. quote from a Canadian executive 
said this to me. It's like the Beatles story kind of thing, right? I'm sitting in there in the office with the new uh, EP for Discovery Canada, Jill Offman. I'll say her name. I don't mind. It's a true story. Jill Offman. And I had done the two pilots. They kicked butt. They did really well. And I said, look, I can do this as a series and I want to call it Survivor Man. Quote, unquote, she said, Les, no one's ever going to want to watch people surviving on television. (laughs) And I said, you know, I think you're wrong. I I think you're wrong. And I, I left her office and I walked down the hallway and into the office of Anna Stambolic from OLN, Outdoor Life Network. And again, Anna said, you're kidding me. Jane passed on this? Yeah, we want to give this a shot. If not for that, I, with a lot of hubris, would say you would not have Naked and Afraid or Alone or Man Absolutely. versus Wild or Dual Survival. Survivor Man was it. And again, to Jane and to Anna, they, you know, they, I will adore them for the rest of my life. What a great story. And just a proof, I'd like to think, that a lot of Canadian executives don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Some do, and I'm glad you found the ones that did. And hopefully Jill has realized that difference now, that her ass is different from a hole in the ground. I don't know if she's listening. (laughs) I don't think this podcast is going to get on Discovery anyway, so I'm not even sure if she works in the business anymore. Bad call, Jill. (laughs) Now, we met (laughs) for the first time. Obviously, I wasn't just roaming the woods because I would have been dead, but we met at the Canadian Screen Awards one year, right. and it's very—it's just a—it's a good time for me to bring this up because I don't know. There was something about I was so juiced to meet you because you, as you say, you weren't—you weren't really a a TV creator that sort of monkey wrenched this idea. You were an actual survivalist. You knew what you were talking about. You just happened to film it and make this great show. And I loved the genuineness of that. And I think as we met. I was telling someone from the comedy network why they weren't doing a good job. It was a nice bond. It was a nice bonding moment that we had. I got yes, well, yeah, no, I, I, I do need to interrupt you because you know when it's it's so ironic and funny that you um you say the word you were so juiced up to meet me because you know juice was on the table that night. Well, <laughs> you'd actually partaken of of quite a bit of juice uh, and, uh, it was a fun meeting i can't believe we didn't win the best host i'm going and yeah i think it was something like yeah i think it was something like that if, I, if you know but it was a long time ago i could have my memories crossed no that, that sounds bang on to me and look we all have our own areas of expertise less i happen to be able to drink a lot of juice and still be standing but uh embarrassing myself I have to ask you this question. The idea of trial and error, if someone wants to, uh, how do you break into survivalism? Because you have to have the knowledge before you go out there, right? Because if you have trial and error, the error is you die. Is that not right? If you eat the wrong thing, if you're like, uh, let's try this mushroom and see if it works. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, on a, on a good point there, one of the things, the most important points I made was, look, you cannot watch my show and go out and survive. You and, and right now, right now, and I know we're going to get to this because I'm working on a new series called Wild Harvest, yes. and it's all about wild edible plants, local foraging. Same thing there. You can't watch that show and go out and pick plants. Training and and learning, and most importantly, going and learning from a pro, from an expert, how to do these things is vital. And that got really dangerous over the years because Survivor Man spawned such a massive industry. I'm being braggadocio. I get that, but. Historically, it did. And you've got this whole history of all these now reality survival shows. And mine was a documentary series, the reality shows, people watching them thinking they can just go out and survive. It's not the case. And in fact, what I was doing was then one of the beautiful things I loved about producing Survivor Man was if there was something that I was going to do that I'd never done before as a survival instructor, that was a great moment for me because now I would not practice it. I would do it fresh on camera so that you could see me either get it right or fail. And so you'd see my failures. And I'd say, you see, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Right. And I still, I couldn't get the fire going because I was trying this method of, you know, reflecting off the glass. I can't make it work, you know? So even though YouTube and books say you can do it, I'm pretty good at this stuff and I can't make it work today. So I, lo- I actually love that part of, of showing failures as well as, and then when I had a real success, it was palpable. I went, oh, 
look how happy he is. Yeah. Because, yeah, I know it's going to work and it worked and now I'm going to be It's this. real elation. That's right. It's also an interesting way to eliminate the competition. <laughs> That's a good thought. You know, it's actually a good way to eliminate some of the population. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Head on out to Northern Canada in mid-June without bug netting or spray and you build that shelter out there. Tell me how it's going. But how do you choose even the right survival guide? There's got to be survival guides out there that are pumping themselves up more than they are actually qualified. If we are relying on on the internet to choose our survival guide, isn't that mistake number one? How do you find how do you yeah, find the best guide? Well, I think that if you were to try to learn about doing improv or learn about doing survival 10, 15 years ago, I think you were in the pocket of learning from people who were passionate about it, didn't care about the money of it. They just loved the process and wanted yeah. to teach you. But you know, you are right. I changed my tune with that. Now, when people saw it was a way to make money, yes. Now everybody and their brother or sister is, you know, sets up a survival course and teaches online and teaches, and I can look at them right away and go, yeah, you know, missing the major points. As you could do it with, with comedy, you know, it's For the sure. same thing. I'm sure a lot of people after a while thought, ooh, improv is popular. I'll start an improv club. You know, I'll teach comedy because comedy is big. But, you know, but again, back 20 years ago, if you learned from someone, they were, they didn't, nobody made money. So you do yeah. passion. So it's, it's hard. But I'll tell you one thing I had to do for Survivor Man, because again, true to point, before I would go to the Cook Islands, I would try to read up on them. I would go down, I would train with the guy on Cook Island stuff. So, so even though I would try new techniques on the show, I would still, I, I got to know the plants. I, so I would train with someone, all varying kinds of people, men and women from all sort of walks. And my, my bar was simply this. So can you show me a lot of wild edible plants? And if they said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of plants, then I knew that they'd never gone full circle because learning about wild edible plants is the last thing that every survival person learns because they're all hopped up on building shelters and starting fires. And then they want to be want to tan deer hide or make an atlatl or a bow and arrow. They always think the plants are boring. I love the plants. And it's the last thing people learn. So if the, if the person says to me from Arizona, I can show you every plant that's out here. I'm like, I'm in. I'll see you next week. And then I'll spend a week training with them. That was my standard. Okay. Was, you know, wild edible plants, it's because everybody thinks it's the boring part. It's the last thing they learn. But I think it's the most exciting. That's a very good tip. And very, it's a very good point. I would always ask. First about food, wherever I was going, be like, <laughs> what can I eat? How much of it can I eat? That would be my first question yeah. on any sort of survival. Shelter, smoker. Who cares about the shelter and the fire? Well, I got to eat. There are a million things I could ask you, but we're not going to get to time for all of them. I got to skip to this one because I don't know if everyone knows this, but uh, certainly all your fans would know it. I want the whole world to know that before there was Survivor Man, there was Musician Man, Les Stroud. And I'm not just talking about a casual musician. You are not only a, a fine singer listening to the tunes, you are described as the Hendrix of the harmonica. I didn't even know that was a thing, Les Stroud. And you've played with Henry Rollins, Alice Cooper, I saw a clip with. Amazing, amazing musicians. I don't know what my question is. I guess it is, how important is music to you? Is it up there with nature? Is it on an even keel? How does it compare? Yeah, it's even Steven. It's very, it's a big duality to my passions. And it's always been music, nature, music, nature. Nature just paid off, if you will, in that it gave me a, a legitimate career that I could raise children with, you know, but the music was always there. Bottom line was I had it in a, re I was in a really great place when I was 24. I was, my music was being touted to Bruce Springsteen. I, would, I had a BMG in Canada who wanted to work with me and all this. Long story short, I kind of made a mess in the bed and it didn't happen. And uh, my own fault that no mentorship, no guidance, nothing. So I just didn't know what to do. I was immature. And so I quit. I absolutely quit. And when I quit, I thought, okay, what, what now? I thought, oh yeah, Jacques Cousteau, Tarzan, nature. <laughs> and I started, and I took a wilderness survival course. And from that moment on, the rest of my life has been like a bunch of years in survival and nature. And oh, now a few years in music and rock and roll and then back to, and then they converged. Now they're, they're beautifully in tune. So I, I write songs about nature. My new album that 
Our next guest is on is called Mother Earth. It's a double album. It's I'm just having it. I get the test pressing in a week on vinyl, double vinyl album, fold out artwork, lyrics, everything. The album is all about celebrating nature. Proceeds go to charity in terms of like nature, charity type stuff. So yeah, the music's always been there. I just did not have the maturity. And you know, in many ways, I was too young for rock when it hit the first time. And then too old when it hit the second time with Nirvana <laughs> and program. And in between were the 80s. That's when I was in the prom, my prime age. And I hated the music of the 80s. Bandau Ballet, Depeche Mode, Thompson Twigs. So I hated the music <laughs> of the 80s. Just so everyone's clear that's listening, that was a vomiting sound last night <laughs> after describing those bands. I would suggest, in fact, the Thompson Twins are responsible for me becoming Survivor Man. <laughs> Hold me now. Forget it. I'm going oh, to the woods. Oh, you're killing me. Oh, I met them all, too. I met them all because I was a producer at Much Music for two years in 85 and 86, and I met all those people. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I think I'm done with music. Uh, um, pass, me that, pass me that axe. A different kind of axe. Ooh, Diana. Yeah, a different good. kind of axe. Not, not the body spray. Body spray. Guitar, Steve. Come on. I know what you meant, Diana. <laughs> we're not going to get to everything I want to get to because we're going to introduce to another amazing guest. I will. I better touch base on the podcast <laughs> that's on this very network. Is that how this came about? That's how this came about. Yeah, we're we're oh. uh, yeah we're siblings. Wait a minute, I thought, I thought this, this was big time. We're apostrophe <laughs> siblings. Well, it's not yet. Right now, it's just for us. But hopefully, there'll be we're more. Trying to make it big <laughs> that's time. right. Well, yeah. Anyway, yes, I have a podcast called Surviving Life with Les Stroud on the Apostrophe Podcast Network, and I am having a blast with it. I've interviewed Bruce Coburn, and yes. we played together, and interviewed Mike Klink, who produces my albums, and he produced all the Guns N' Roses stuff. It's name crazy. Drop, name drop. I'm just having fun with the podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Hope you can survive without us. Hey, Diana, have you ever thought, hey, I think I have too much stuff? I mean, I just cleaned out my closet and got rid of a bunch of clothes I'm not using, so no? Then maybe you need to sell all the clothes you're not using, pare down the rest of your belongings, and go live in a tiny home. Oh, you know I will. It has been my dream for years. Right? Think of how much easier life will be when you're living in your 80-square-foot shack in the middle of nowhere surrounded by bears. Other than the bear thing, this sounds divine. Or if you like to travel. Oh, I sure do. Then cram yourself and your dog into a poorly built Dodge Promaster van conversion and wake up every morning in a mall parking lot covered in mosquito bites, wondering how long you can hold that morning bowel movement because Walmart doesn't open for another hour. Oh, okay. I see what you're trying to do here, Steve. You're not doing a fake ad for tiny home living. You're trying to talk me out of living in a tiny home. Yes. Yes, I am. You can't produce this podcast from the road. The internet will be too unreliable. I need to be able to email you 24-7. But you never read my emails. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy getting them, Diana. Tiny Home Living. Perfect for anyone who wants to eat roasted grasshoppers on a stick every day for lunch. That doesn't even make any sense. Neither do tiny homes, Diana. Makes sense for your tiny brain. What? Nothing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now, time for more from survivalist Les Stroud. You want what I'm working on next, and then we go to the, our guest, or do you want to do that again? We'll talk to what you're working on next. Absolutely, I have quick questions for you after that. So, what's next for Les Stroud? Big thing is Wild Harvest. Les Stroud, Wild Harvest. It's on every American PBS station going, and it bleeds up into Canada everywhere. It's about local foraging, gathering wildable plants, and then Chef Paul Rogalski turns them into a five-star meal in the kitchen. It's so much fun. My new children's book is out with Anik Press called Wild Outside Around the World with Survivor Man. It's all about getting kids out in nature. And it's written to them, not for them, but to them. My new album re-released, Mother Earth, double vinyl this year is coming out. I have two albums already recorded being mixed after that. Uh, what else do I have going? Oh, and what am I saying? Of course. And my big special, Surviving Disasters with Les Stroud, about mm. surviving natural that's with hurricanes, tornadoes, pandemics. You might have heard of those. <laughs> yeah, that would be a handy one. Yeah. It's a handy one. It comes out. I just delivered it today. And it wow. comes out on all the PBS stations down in the United States, thank, thankful to American Public Television. And it'll it'll land somewhere up here in Canada. So you know what happened? I was sabbatical. Then I was p- pitching things. And then everything happened all at once. And now everything's releasing yes. all in 2021. We can't wait to see everything. And the you know why we don't even have time to promote the podcast anymore, Les? There's too many things you're doing. Here's quick questions. Quick questions. For Les, and then I'm going to have you please introduce your guest. First question, multiple choice. You come across a bear in the woods, Survivor Man. Do you A, play dead, B, run away, C, run at the bear, or D, throw the bear a beer and talk things out? Well, as a true Canadian, I got to go with the beer. But if the bear turns out to be a bit of a nasty one, then I'm going to want to make sure I'm with Steve Patterson, whom I will then trip and uh, leave behind. <laughs> That's uh, right. a, a distraction. You, can, that you don't have to outrun the bear, just outrun me. Yes, I, I know. Exactly. I've, I've heard bears don't like people that reek of whiskey. So that's my built-in protection. <laughs> Which region... Of the many regions of this planet that you've survived through, do you feel was the most dangerous? Okay, I'm going to answer this the correct way. Okay. As the survival instructor did. So you're going to get a serious answer. The answer is this. Wherever, it's cold. I don't care where you put me if it's 70 degrees, but you make me go through minus zero temperatures, it's rough. It's hard when it's cold. I could be on the side of a mountain in 70 degrees. I'm speaking in American. In 20 degrees, 25 degrees. It's <laughs> I'm over in the States so often, right? I, I speak, I'm bilingual that way. But if it's cold, it sucks. This is the, if it's, it's just, yeah, I don't want to be anywhere where it's cold. It's hard. Hard to survive when it's cold. Bless you for saying that because that's what I live my life by. And I stay inside most of the time. So we, we share uh, that thought at least. I can tell by your lovely complexion. <laughs> Thank you. you. Yes, this is it. It looks like I'm under a sun lamp. It's just normal sun on my face. Most fun song to play on harmonica. Ooh, mm. good question. Thank you. There's a new one. Um, well, you want a fast answer, I know. Um, all right, so I'll just answer quickly. There's so many stories I could get into with Alice Cooper, Robbie Krieger. Oh my from God, the that's a whole that. podcast, but, by the way. I would listen to that. Hendrix podcast. of Harmonica. My answer, is, my answer is easy. Feeling all right. The Joe Cocker, sure. I love the Joe Cocker version by Trap. Feeling all right on harmonica. I can play it with the F, uh, F harmonica. Keep F and I just love playing that song on her. What a great answer to have. We get a you know song, right? What's that? Feeling all right. Of course I do. You, prob- you can can you sing it while playing harmonica? Because that would really be something. I well I do, but you know, I have to have to, have to share the stage. <laughs> okay, these are the last two questions I have. We asked them of all our guests. The Canadian star system is 
Oh, fill in the it's blank. It's a fill in the blank. The Canadian star system is. Can you swear, can you swear on the show? You can, you of course you can, yeah. How far? F-bombs? You could do whatever you want. The Canadian star system oh, is. Give me, the, give, me the, give me the sentence again. The Canadian star system is. Fucked. <laughs> well, there's our promo. This might be an interesting answer based on all the, all the time you spend in our in our neighbor down south. Being the next door neighbor to the United States is like blank. <laughs> I was just about to steal a stand-up comedian's joke. It's like, you know, living in the good apartment above the crack house. But <laughs> give me the sentence again. Being the next door neighbor to the United States is like. It's like watching a lifelong episode where everybody's in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and they real. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you, but now you are bringing some semblance of, of calm to that with your shows that are done. I'm trying. Yeah? It's not easy. No. My God. What I, we're, we are going to move on to the guest that you're bringing on. Again, please check out everything that Les is doing. It'll take you the rest of your life. That's how much he's done and is doing, especially the podcast that Les is working on right now on this very apostrophe network. All right. Would you do us the honor? of introducing your feature guest for us, please. Ah, a warm apostrophe welcome <laughs> for this lady. Am I allowed to say how I met her? Yes. Please, you please do. Yes. Okay, so I was already Survivor Man, I believe, and uh, I was in Huntsville, Ontario, and there's a pub there called On the Docks Pub, and I used to play there before Survivor Man. I would play there, perform there, and that 300 bucks I would make on the weekend put diapers on my children. So it was, you know, it was, it was a close time, tight time. Then I went on and became Survivor, but I would go back to the pub every once in a while to see who's playing. And one night I was having my garlic bread and cheese and and uh, and a Guinness. I assumed the entertainer was going to be crappy. And, and I just heard this angelic voice and a style of singing and playing and a, a content of lyricism. The whole package was there. I wanted to be like the old guy going up saying, you know what? You're going to be a star, kid. I wanted to do that because I just thought this is a, this is, as we would say, like kind of a diamond in the rough, the rough being the pub, I suppose. And I thought, wow, this, this, this woman is good. And I went up and I bought her CDs and I shook her hand and I just said, we got to stay. I just got to follow your career. And I start, you know, and this is before a lot of, you know, social media career stuff was available to us before I probably Spotify. I think I can't remember, maybe not. And I saw this talent there that night with Angie. And I, I just wanted to follow that career, that talent. And one thing led to another. And uh, I just, we got to play together. You know, we got to perform together sometimes. We started talking anyway, over the years uh, now I've had her, she sang on uh, some of my work at recording sessions, I have these big recording sessions called the barn sessions and everybody just hangs out and we, we record and drink wine and it's wonderful. She's recorded with me there. And then we did some playing on stage. And the, the end of this story is to say this, one of the things I dearly love about performing is a yin and a yang setup. Look at, well, I'm that guy, right? So I've got a lot of, I, I would not say I have a lot of machismo, but I'm definitely a male energy when I'm on stage. I'm forward and I, I don't mind that. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for it. It's just, that's, that's it. But if I can team up with the yin energy of a, of a, of a great female performer. So I've been able to, to sing with Serena Ryder and Susie Ungerleader, mm. Oh Susanna. So my four top most amazing female performer, singer, songwriters are Jan Arden, Susie Ungerleader, Serena Ryder, and Angie Nussie. Those four ladies are phenomenally talented, and I think Angie should be recognized and on the same level as Jan and the same level as Serena because she's a powerhouse, she's talented, her songs make me cry, and that's when I know I got a winner. So this is my friend and my artistic companion and the hugely talented Angie Nussie. Angie Nussie. Angie, are you there still? There she is. I am here and flattered. And beautiful, too, as you can see. Absolutely. And, and you are absolutely right in every regard. I've been listening to Angie's music and what a delightful wormhole it has been to go down and just be in that world encompassing it. Angie, what was that intro like for you? That really touched my heart. And I do remember that night of playing that crazy bar where the people are so wild in that town at that time of night. And it's so typical less to decide what he likes, like have reverence for things despite what's going on around it. Like that's kind of 
it is that transition from he loves everything in nature. So it's not like he's going to decide which artist he likes based on how much popularity they have. He just sees what he likes. He hears what he likes. And that's his decision. So it's very telling of him. I was really touched by that. And we do want to get to know much, much more about you. You are in touch with nature much as less is the, the soul, the soulful music in your voice. It just comes out and shines right through. And I can't, I can't think of any more honest music that I've heard recently than the stuff, the, the, the material that you're pouring out. How has the environment of Northern Ontario, where you two met, I sort of assumed Les was trailblazing through the woods with a machete and then he got there and you were already there somehow, but um, <laughs> that was, it's close to that story. How does the environment of Northern Ontario and the closeness to nature there help with your music? I'm from Lively, Ontario, originally. Lovely. That's out near Sudbury. And we, we kind of lived on a farm and I spent a lot of time in nature. And I think that's where I had my first sort of ethereal experience when I was 12. And so I think it affected me, just my soul and, and just having just a different connection to the world around me. I, I, I didn't really like humans as much. I, I like nature a lot more than I like humans. Then I ended up going to Toronto. My career path just went that way. And I was playing a lot in Toronto, but I was coming out to these other places like Huntsville on the weekends to play gigs and have that experience and earn money. It's just fate that we end up, we both end up in Huntsville. I kind of forget the question now. <laughs> well, that's classic, Angie, let me tell you right now. You, you certainly answered it. We do talk about whether, you know, in the entertainment field, whether that path has to come through Toronto. And sometimes it does, but more and more now, I think it doesn't necessarily. You can put your art out from wherever you are to the world. And, you know, we need help in people finding it, which is one of the reasons of this show and other shows. Mm -hmm. But- I mean, you can put it out from wherever you are. You don't have to be in the big smoke anymore, I don't think. And in fact, you're going to have more inspiration from that piece writing in nature than you might have uh, the experience in, in a big city. Do you agree with that? Oh, I'm so you just reminded me of where my thought was going with that. Thank Thanks, you, Steve. Because I don't even know what I said. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's just the irony of we were living in Toronto and we we had planned to move to Oromodonte for a year and then go back to Toronto so I could continue with what I was doing there. And it's been nine years now we've lived here and we rent this cottage on a lake and it's like I, I'm constantly watching the birds and listening to the birds. And when I think about Les talking about nature and music and how they combine, I totally think that Mozart was stealing his some of his lines from the birds. And I, I can hear these like perfect thirds and perfect fifths. And I listen to them practice all the time. And they're practicing their their little songs and stuff. And they add little endings to them. And they're just they're really interesting, you know, and. And I do think that we underestimate how much we got from the earth. A lot of our rhythms and a lot of our, uh, you know, even when I think of heavy metal, I think of like electric guitar, you know, like we're, I think we're copying what we're hearing around us. So I do think it's really advantageous to be in nature and start and just really listen and then write from that place from really organic sounding instruments like guitars and harmonicas. There it is. We have the Hendrix of harmonicas. I don't know if I mentioned that. I've always said that Mozart is an aviary hack. And I'm <laughs> someone has finally, finally backed that up. So I, I appreciate that. I love what you are doing right now. Based on your album, you have the series, I have no idea what I'm doing, which I also love that title, the honesty of that title. You're releasing <laughs> Your album, and I'm not sure if you've got all the songs out now, but you've been doing each month of this year, to correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've been releasing your album with the songs and then a whole story, the story behind that song, basically, and a journal mm. of the experience of writing that song, which I find fascinating because you often hear songs and you're thinking, well, is that symbolism or is it literal? What's the real meaning? And you've got it right there for us. Can you tell us a little bit more about that series? It started at the Gravenhurst Opera House because there was a series I was running there called uh, Songs and Stories. So I was bringing in guests and Les was one of the guests actually at one point. And it just became kind of a popular thing in Gravenhurst. We were bringing three artists and they were all telling the stories behind the songs. And some songs don't have stories. They, people just like telling stories. And that's, that's another you know point that came up. But with this particular album, there was, there was a backstory to every song on it. 
they were really chosen because they meant something to me, every single song. So it just kind of started as I was just kind of writing as I was recording and kind of remembering everything. And then I decided to release it one by one. And the response has been really interesting how everyone has a different idea about what a song's about. And some of them don't want to know what it's <laughs> what they want to put it in their own way. Right. But that's how it just kind of came out for me. And I was reading the entry. I believe the song is All Your Courage, which I would not have thought had roots in a bird flying into your window and dying. And the bird's partner <laughs> is sitting there all day with the bird, which is one of the saddest <laughs> stories you could really think of in the world. Um, and you made it into a beautiful song. But <laughs> do you just watch Ooh. birds all the time, Angie? I guess that's my question. And should I, I watch birds more? Does somebody want to introduce Angie to the concept of bird decals <laughs> on your window? <laughs> Angie, I'm coming over yeah. and I'm bringing you my little, my to... little, little hawk decals. Uh, the decals uh, would be good. Birds are definitely a theme in my life. And... Uh, <laughs> When it came to uh, All Your Courage, that's, you know, I wanted to start by saying, because I'm an empath, and I think everyone's an empath, but the idea this bird hit the window, it died, its partner hung around for days, like wondering what had happened. And it kind of got me thinking about how my life has gone and how the empathic side of me has taken over, this intuitive side of me has taken over. And which kind of leads me back to this Canadian star system idea, because as Les said, his opportunity arrived to become a big famous star when he was in his 20, like 24. And I also had that opportunity as well. And, and I didn't take it. I actually couldn't sign the contract. Like I literally couldn't sign it. So my path took a different route. I was really ashamed of making the choices I did because I didn't have a lot of information to back up why I would do these things. And I, you know, I might be a writer and a songwriter, but I'm not off the cuff with my talking. And so explanations of things have been hard for me, too. But as I've become more comfortable with who I am, it's just like I have this intuitive side. I don't know why I do what I do. I don't know why my path is the way it is. But these are the decisions I make. And I guess that's how it ends up rolling out in life. I just got off track again. Look at me go. No, I like it. No, I, I'm. Now you know, now you know what our recording sessions are like. It's like, yeah, okay, Angie. So anyway, uh, I'm so excited to have the floor. Here, here's, here's the first track. It's an hour and seven minutes. I hope you like it. It's called Mozart stole this from the birds. Hit it, boys. Oh my God. I love what you're saying, and when I listen to your music. I feel we're all we're all friends here now. We're all being honest with each other. We're talking about the idea of empathy, and my wife, I would say, is an empath. She is pretty much Counselor Troy from the start. She can feel all people's pain. <laughs> so can my six year old mm -hmm. daughter. Anyone feeling uncomfortable makes her uncomfortable. My younger daughter, who's almost two, if I had a nap, she would eat my eyeball. She does not have <laughs> the empathy gene, and I sometimes think. Maybe it's better to go through life with a little bit of a balance of that. Now, Les, you've spent time in front of thousands and thousands of people and working with other musicians, and you've also spent a good portion of your life alone in the woods. Which do you prefer, or do you find a perfect balance with that? You seem equally comfortable in both. Well, fortunately, I don't care about people. Yeah, that's what so, I, I get that vibe from you. <laughs> you know what? Balance always. I, I've often said I'm equally at home in a dugout canoe in the middle of the Amazon jungle or on stage in Las Vegas with Alice Cooper and everything in between. I love the variety of life. I'll go out for an expensive dinner and enjoy fine wine. I'll go out in some rugged, dirty clothes and spend two weeks in a canoe in Northern Ontario in buck season and, mm -hmm. and anything in between. And when you first asked my origins, you know, people want to hear the cliche. Well, I was raised by wolves. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's like, no, I was raised in Mimico, you know, in the suburbs. So I like both worlds. And that also bleeds back to why I was so enamored with working with Angie, because again, spinning this into music, when Angie and I are on stage together, again, you can see it right now, even, or you can hear it right now, even in this conversation. Angie is this wonderfully beautiful, calculated, well thought, caring, emotional presentation or questioning. And I'm like, Let's get it done. Yes. And so you yes. put the two of that together on stage. In fact, we found as we performed, we we messed around with, well, we'll do these songs and we'll do this song. And in the end, I think, Angie, you might remember, we ended up just going song for song. 
Because it was like mm-hmm. Angie song, less song, Angie song, less song. And it was really a lovely balance. But that doesn't mean that I can't be an empath or be emotional and be, you know, I mean. No, I think it does. No, I think it does. No, you've answered the question already. You don't like people. You'd rather be with the trees. I get it. All right. <laughs> I love what you're saying, Angie, about, about being an empath. And boy, does it ever come through in your music. Yes. I'm not a musician in any way, mm. but I absolutely love music. And I love those moments when you hear a song for the first time and it absolutely stops you dead in your tracks. Because it doesn't happen all the time to me, but when it does, and it just like emotionally punches you in the gut. And I had that experience. And I think that Steve and I were texting each other about this song, the song Warm Hands. Yeah. The ability that you had in that song to just reach out and grab my heart and squeeze it a little and go like, because I lost my dad when I was six. But that feeling of a father's warm hands just made me little I, I was in my kitchen making coffee and it just made me go oh oh god I have to listen to this about 12 more times yeah. and just absolutely yes. beautiful so that that ability to that empath ability sure boy does it ever come through in your music a hundred percent that was the song that I first heard her perform I mean it's an older song for her now but that's what I heard in the bar that wow. and if you can put do that in the docks pub of Huntsville and get people to stop dead. You can do it anywhere. I was going to talk about that song, which actually won best country song in the great American song contest. And I take it that's based in America or did Canada do a great American song contest? How was, how was winning that contest for you? Did it provide a nice boost? Maybe to the ego momentarily at the time, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, sometimes I think awards are meant to be kind of like a back pocket ammo if you're trying to get something else. So it's nice if you're pitching a song, you can say I won this award or whatever. I didn't notice a huge momentum from it or anything. You know, I don't know. Momentum comes and goes in the weirdest of ways. Well, I like that you're saying that too. And that's again, what this is, what this is sort of about this podcast is sort of jokingly named the Canadian Star System because we don't really have one. We don't celebrate (laughs) our own enough. However, if you can find the celebration within the art that you're doing, then you can kind of be at peace with your with yourself, I think. That's something that I've I've sort of come up with. I made a made a decision a long time ago to stay in Canada and do what I do, even though there weren't that many opportunities for it. And I'm happy with the decision. I don't really think of, oh, what if I had done this? I just at some point came to peace with it. You've talked openly about mental health issues, Angie, and you've helped out with a lot of different causes and and coming from your own experience. What advice can you give to people who are going through issues of depression, other mental health issues, especially in this last year, a lot more people are coming to the fore on that because they've been isolated. Uh, There's people that we've would never have thought of experiencing these issues that are because people are isolated from each other. There's not a lot of interaction and contact. What can you lend as some coping mechanisms for that? Oh, thanks. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. That's great. Yeah, I've had two what you'd call breakdowns. And I think everyone has, they just don't know it. But one of them was more frightening than the first one was more frightening. And it was more about like, finding out that life isn't what you think it's going to be. If you think that a certain amount of money or fame or the the right partner or anything is going to make you happy, which is what I was striving for in most of my life, or most of my 20s, then it's really disappointing when you find out like, oh, I'm stuck with my crappy self all the time and anyway. I can't get rid of her. So that's sort of where it, I think it stems from. I think we bought into an illusion that you're going to be happy if you're going to be happy if COVID ends. You're going to be happy if the government system changes in the U.S. Hmm. For those people that are struggling right now, I would say surrender to how you feel. Don't fight how you feel. Don't judge how you feel. Just really honor how you feel and then move fr- move from there, whether it's just like a walk or make your bed or have a tea and just be really gentle. Because I do think right now we're waking up. And we're actually, there's like a, a pendulum shift from masculine into feminine, which is funny how less, how you, less and I are like this masculine feminine. And we want to be together. We want to stop the pendulum in the middle and have this great balance. But right now the shift is happening and people are freaking out because it's, hmm. it's so scary to be waking up and looking at everything in your life. Is this meaningless? Because yeah, a lot of it 
was just part of this journey. So I think if we can just relax and let it all happen, Mother Nature's taking care of us. Stay really, really calm and love yourself through it. And we'll get through. We'll all get through it if we, if we just stay calm. Can I can I add to what Andy's saying there? Steve? No, uh, no, I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> thought she, I thought she captured it perfectly. Of course you can. Well, it's just that I've done a lot of stuff lately, including with the Canadian military, on handling stress and stressful situations and this whole pandemic thing. What I had to do and what I've been saying with people is just a couple. And these are just really sort of more easy sort of tips. Number one is you know you, you do have to remember that the pandemic's not about you. There's seven and a half billion people that it's affecting. Everybody's under the same roof here. We're all dealing with this global pandemic. It's not just your world. It's everybody's world. So feel that you have, a, it's like a community. Feel you're part of something that everybody else is part of. It's not just on you. And then so number two, then well, well then what? What do I do? And I can't do that anymore. And I can't do this anymore. And, and my answer to that is to learn how to pivot. To be comfortable with and learn how to pivot. Just as Angie said, realizing that, yeah, this is the way it's going to be as far as realizing who you are, correct. But as far as the situation or the circumstances, that can be completely different. And recognizing, well, I can't just be this now anymore because this is over. It's ending. And just to say, okay, all right, but, but what can I do? And I'm still me. So I, I can do other, what are the other things I can do? It's pivot. Pivot is the big word, kind of capital P pivot. Just learn how to pivot and say, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. And sometimes you can actually find a route to con continue doing the things that you want to do. You've got to do it differently. Do you think that once you've reached out for help, it makes you a better person to reach out to? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, no, but Angie, I mean, Angie and I, because Angie and I have, have these kinds of conversations, probably more than conversations about music, <laughs> I think, sometimes <laughs> when we get together. And Angie, I mean... I think, you know, Angie and I have actually kind of in many ways with our more personal conversations in between recording songs and other people around and stuff, reach out to each other that way and talk mm -hmm. a little bit more deeper about what's going on in our lives. And so, Angie, I don't know if you agree, but I feel better reaching out to Angie. And I think it just naturally then evolves into mm -hmm. her reaching out to me. I think what you're getting at, too, Steve, is that uh, we forget how connected we are. We're so much bigger than our human form. We have this energy that we're emitting and it's dancing with everybody else's energy. And so it's true. If we connect, even us today, we're, you know, all over the place, but there's this connection that's happening. And I, again, I, I lean it back into what we're becoming as humans. We're evolving into something, a kind of awareness of each other and this great unknown energetic space around us. And so when you do reach out and you do talk to someone and they can kind of relate even just a little, it's like opening us up even more every single time. So I do think it's important that every that for now, everybody has to talk because we can't stand together. That's right. But when we are together, I think even being quiet is going to become a really valuable thing, too, for everyone to just be quiet together. It's kind of a spectacular experience. Oh, man, <laughs> I love that advice. I'm going to take that to my kids at home. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Let's just be quiet together for a while. You know, daddy's been in the house with you for a year. So well, let's, why don't you guys just shut the fuck up for a couple minutes? How about that? Um, well, we, we, created, <laughs> we created Silent Monday in our house. <laughs> silent <love> Monday. <laughs> no talking allowed. Oh, I love this rule. I'm taking that. Again, Angie, I could talk to you for the rest of the day. I wish we, we have to package this up. First of all, I hope you guys can be on stage together again sometime soon. And I hope everyone in, that can can go see that. And for those that can't, please broadcast it somehow so that we don't have to risk our lives at the bar in Huntsville. We can watch it from the comfort of our own. <laughs> Actually, you, know what, what? you know what, Steve? That's a great. Yeah, Angie, why don't we do a um, why don't we do a live uh, a live Internet concert together? Yeah. See, Thanks. I mean, yeah. do I have to come up yeah, with every idea for this group? <laughs> And I also loved what you're saying about the yin and the yang. Diana have and I have that kind of relationship, only Diana is the masculine. That's true. So yes. She gets the things done. I will ask you those last two questions that I asked Les, and I will encourage everyone. First of all, Angie, what would you like the people to know most that you're up to next or where they can see and hear more of you? Oh, my goodness. Don't worry. I, my list is small. Just uh, everyone's just, a small please. compared to lessons. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I really had to work through my comparison story with when Les was telling his stuff. I'm like, okay, let it go. I've got my my salt rock in my hand. 
<laughs> no competition. <laughs> you see why I bring her? Around? Of course, I love her. <laughs> um, so my my, uh, I, I would just say, please go to my website. It's angienussy.com and read the stories and listen to the songs. I've put a lot of love into those songs. They took two years to record, and they're recorded in my own studio with lots and lots of friends from the area. So that's all. No, that's not at all. Buy the tracks for the love of God, the hours and time and the art that goes into this. Buy the tracks, please, and support all of our local artists. But in this particular instance, let's support Angie because your music and talent should be shared with the entire world. And this is one way that we can that we could do it. Complete this last sentence for us, will you? The Canadian star system is a wonderful thing. Ooh. Wow. There's the end of the end for you right there, right? We have not had an answer like that. That's going in. Well, okay. I, no, I don't mean, don't qualify it. We'll just have oh, okay. it sit there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, no, I want no wait, I want to hear the qualification. Oh, what, you want okay, yeah, Diana. I wants, this. See? She's the and, yang. She's got a rock yeah. too, but it's a real one. And she's like, I will beat you with this, Patterson. Why do you say it's so great? I'm talking about your show, Steve. Like I'm oh, talking yeah. about well, that is great. That's Canadian true, yeah. star system is great. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty well cool right done. there. Well done. Uh, so can yeah, I still can we leave well it played. at that? But can you put the disclaimer in? Well played. That's so well done. That's the most clever answer we've had. We've had a lot of people who think they're clever on this show. That's the best answer we've had. <laughs> and I guess we'll have you answer the other one because I'm interested. Being the next door neighbor to the United States is like it's like being the younger, more grounded, slightly comparative brother of the U.S. I think we're we're younger, we're introspective, but we still share the same uh, same family values in a lot of ways. I I don't think we're as different as we think we are, and I I think at some point we might have to know that they're they're still our brother. Well, that's a nice, a very again a very nice answer because there've been a, well you might have heard blesses earlier it was su subtly <laughs> different than that i can't wait to see the yin and yang tour maybe you can call it that online we'll probably kill each other <laughs> <laughs> well that's why i want you to do the first one socially distanced yeah except angie angie will kill me slowly and with passive aggression and yeah uh, yours yours is immediate eat this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eat this flower no it's fine less thank you so much my friend for coming on this and sharing just a fraction of the incredible knowledge that you have we can't wait to see and hear more of everything you're coming up with and it's a pleasure to share a podcast network with you so thank you very much and i would say most of all thank you for introducing us and our listeners to angie today because what an incredible talent that i want everyone and i mean everyone to hear more of so thank you so much oh i'll leave you with an angie story a quick one we're at my house we're recording an album and this is this is Angie. We're all there in the breakfast and, and stuff. And I've already sung and recorded a couple of songs. And Angie's done some backup vocals and I think some piano. And here's how Angie handles the situ situation. Um, hey Les, uh, um, you know I'm 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 doing some vocal warming up upstairs, you know, so that I, you know, stay on key uh, and in pitch. Uh, do you want to come up and learn some of this? <laughs> Hey, Angie, that's so great. <laughs> Off I go. Says, yeah, you're a little flat there. Um, but you're like, okay, let's work on that. <laughs> that's Angie. Uh, that's the I Angie. love it. I love everything about that. I like helping birds to sing. I like helping <laughs> birds to sing, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much, Les Stroud and Angie Nussie. Everyone, check out more of them, but particularly Angie, because Les, that's got enough. <laughs> He really, he's already shot. He's out there. Right? Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, please subscribe or follow us for free wherever you get your podcasts. The Canadian Star System is produced by Diana Francis and Steve Patterson in association with the Apostrophe Podcast Network. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit our website at canadianstarsystem.ca where you can find links to their work and their socials. Speaking of socials, you can follow at Canadian Star Pod and at Apostrophe Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our editor and sound technician is Donovan Deschner of Fracture Ephemer Productions. Music by Mark Camilleri of Imagine Sound Studios. 
Special thanks to Terry O'Reilly, Debbie O'Reilly, Callie O'Reilly, and Nancy Patterson, who is an honorary O'Reilly. And since you're doing such a good job of listening to the credits, there's a bonus clip for you after Steve sings it out. So give it up to these good nuts, because our self-promotion sucks. And if they all went away, we sure would miss them. The Canadian Star System. You've also won a Canadian Screen Award. Again, listener, it's behind Diana. She can have it no more than five feet away from her at all times. I see that. I was going to comment on that, Diana. It's like, really? Really? You're going to put your CSA in behind you for this? Hey, okay. come on. You did it for your first one as well. You had it over your shoulder at all times, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Took it in the woods. Took it in the woods with it. Listen, yeah, I got a fire with it. Yeah, it's better than an axe. <laughs> Finally, a use for this. Rubbing, because, you know, I have more than one. There, uh-huh. so there it is. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.